Well, hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to another episode of Hawkeyes. I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And I did that backwards. This is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, Whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no. are joined by a very <laughs> wonderful guest today. You may know him from comedy or his role in Quibi's Nikki Fresh. It's Jared Goldstein. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, how are you, how are you um, um, doing in this quarantine life? We like to do a little check-in, you know, Just make sure everyone's doing all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting by. I'm, I'm in West Hollywood. People are pretty responsible. I'm just trying to do my best and stay busy. Um, I've been intermittent fasting. Nice. Solid. I'm on the brink of starvation at least twice a day. (laughs) What are your hours? Is it like 11 to 4 or like? Mine is 12 to 8. 12 to 8. Solid. It feels like like my horoscope. I'm like, I'm I'm a Sagittarius (laughs) Capricorn cusp. I'm a Taurus rising and a 12 to (laughs) 8. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I I hope that's working for you. Um, I think it is. I've only been doing it for like maybe six days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, lots of brink of starvation moments. Totally. But other than that, you know, I'm feeling tight. Mm-hmm. You know, not for anyone, but tight for just kind of me in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I've never I've never actually done intermittent fasting, but I have done like pretty hardcore keto before. So I feel yeah. like they're related spiritually. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, but I have forgotten to eat. <laughs> that too. That's, like, that's of, exactly it. That's what it's like. <laughs> that's kind of just like, you know, I mean, sometimes you just go to the fridge and there's nothing there and you're like, well, I guess I'm fasting now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I read today that the singer Ellie Golding is uh, fasting up to 40 hours at a time and it took her like years to train and oh now gosh. she's at 40 hours of fasting. Is she like protesting anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's protesting um, aging. Okay. <laughs> she know? does look great. She's looked the same for like 10 years. Yeah, so yeah. She's doing it. I saw her in person one time and she looked just as incredible as she does on all of her album covers. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, this is an Ethan Hawke podcast, so we got to <laughs> ask you... Um, what's your what's your relationship like with Ethan Hawke and his and his filmography? Uh, he is uh, he's great. Um, I my favorite Ethan Hawke movie is not Boyhood. It is Reality Bites. Mm, yeah, but that's... I also really like Boyhood. I would say Boyhood is probably my second favorite, maybe my third after. Is it before sunrise or after sunrise? Before sunrise. Before sunrise. Yeah. Before sunrise. And then sunset um, and midnight. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't love that movie as much as I wanted to, um, but but Ethan Hawke's great. Yeah, he's he is great. Um, 
Were you? I will say though, he annoys me though. Pretty much in every movie, <laughs> I'm like annoyed by the character that he's playing. Yeah, he yeah. he definitely makes some choices with the yeah. with the roles he plays. Um, but so when did you when did you first see reality bites? Like when did you become aware? You know, of- not until I was like the age of the characters, which was sort of interesting. Like mm-hmm. I didn't watch it until I was in college. Um, so that the line that was Ethan Hawke's when Winona Ryder goes like, what do I, what do I have to be? Like, what do I have to be? And then he's like, the only thing you have to be by the age of 23 is yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was, I was like maybe, maybe like 20, 21 Mm -hmm. watching that. Um, So I was so into it. Totally. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't just, yeah, we didn't watch it until, until we were we like, yeah. we did this podcast. So like basically fully formed adults. So I don't yeah. think it hit the same way for us as it did for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely like a fun, a fun movie. Yeah. Janine Garofalo is so fun in it. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, was it Steve Zahn? I loved yeah. his, his storyline was so cuckoo <laughs> just that he thinks he has aids and then he doesn't <laughs> yeah and it's yeah just it's like, like well you know he's, he's gay so minutes. that has to be a storyline yeah. but honestly like thinking you have aids and you don't is very relatable true yeah well cool well what about boyhood though so we're the movie we're talking about today is boyhood uh, yes. uh another rinklater joint we've watched i don't know at least Six. I feel like this is like maybe our fifth or sixth Link Later movie that we've done on this podcast because they work uh-huh. together a lot. Um, this is at least the sixth. At least, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is six. Three before mm-hmm. uh, tape, Waking Life. Yeah, and this one. Yeah. Um. Oh, maybe this is our last Link Later then, because I think they've only done six movies together. Wow. This is Richard end of an era. Did he get tired of Ethan Hawke? Well, yeah, I mean, he hasn't. What has he? What has he done since this movie? Since this movie, Linklater did. Um, Where'd you go, Bernadette? Did was Bernie after this movie? Bernie was. Oh, was that him? Which one? Where'd you go, Bernadette? Yeah. Yeah, that was Richard Linklater. Oh, cool. Yeah, he does. He does some interesting things. Like he does these like kind of slice of life things, but then every once in a while he'll do something like really weird. Like he did Where'd You Go, Bernadette? He did Bernie, which I think was just a little bit before. I think that might have been twenty twelve. So like before yeah, I watched, that was when I watched in college before like Richard Linklater was really on my like radar mm-hmm. and I, I really loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then he also did School of Rock, which I always think is like bizarre that he directed that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel the same way about um, about Spike Lee. I feel like every, you know, 10 years he'll do something that's just like totally like, why is Spike Lee mm-hmm. doing this? Like when he re- the big one for me is when he did the remake of Old Boy mm-hmm. and like made a whitewashed cast. Yeah, with was Josh like, Brolin. What is happening here? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Okay, so Bernie was twenty twelve. Yeah. So I think Richard Linklater did like Bernie twenty twelve, then before midnight twenty thirteen, and then Boyhood oh, wow. twenty fourteen. Yeah, he had a lot of movies come out in rapid succession. Dang, that's a. I mean, Boyhood. It's like you you you're yeah. working on it for twelve years. You don't you know. By the time you get to the end. I mean, I guess there's probably is a lot of editing still to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Boyhood, did you, what was your, what was your first Boyhood experience? Did you see it in a theater or at home or? Hmm. 
I think I saw it in theaters, and I think I saw it with my friend Christine, but I could be wrong. No, I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I I really enjoyed it. I again was very annoyed by his character. Mm-hmm. I yeah. felt triggered. Whenever there's like a talk, like a chatty, cool dad, I'm always like <laughs> very triggered by that because my dad was really, um, is pretty quiet. Um, and uh, yeah, like whenever I just see like a dad, like a dad that's like talks really fast and like is like single and dating and like sexual, I'm like, I'm very like, I feel attacked and I'm like, I don't know. It makes me worry about my dad and what, what I had and didn't have and you know <laughs> yeah but truly like I like it pissed I was pissed like watching the movie and I knew it was like my own stuff like when they get in the car mm-hmm. and he's like come on like let's talk tell me about your day <laughs> that was just like I was like fuck man. like I had I had friends who like have like um like alcoholic fathers like recovered alcoholic fathers who are just like who are like stars but who are like annoying mm-hmm. and and absent and like failed as fathers. And my dad was so reliable and there. Um, and I don't know, like I just, something about it, like it just makes me, it makes me, uh, I think the things that I fear, like my weaknesses that I fear that I inherited from my dad, when I see other dads who aren't like my dad, I'm like, fuck, this is why. Like if my dad was like Ethan Hawk in this movie, I think I would not be so locked up in the ways that I specifically am. <laughs> what if I start crying? <laughs> well, you know, boyhood is like, it's it's really easy to relate to, I think in a lot of ways, because it's like mm-hmm. a very kind of like specific and like realistic story. And also, like, the time that it takes place for, I mean, for us specifically, we're almost exactly the same age as, or, like, we're, like, right between the two siblings in age. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when she comes out singing Oops, I Did It Again in the morning, like, when she's, like, six years old or whatever, like, that was, that was me, you know? And it's uh, just, like, that, the the time and the story just makes it so easy to, like... Yeah, the, the the cultural events for me are like the big thing because it's it's it it, it, it hews so closely to my own life, like in mm-hmm. terms of the timeline. Totally, and, and it's like it's like it really encapsulates the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched this the first time in theaters, I think, with my sister, in like twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah, whenever in theaters, whenever it came out, and I would have been what uh junior no we were in college at some point college yeah yeah sophomore junior in college so it was really like kind of you know just right right there and this is the first time i've seen it since then so yeah me too i saw it with my dad did we all go to see that movie with my dad did i imagine that i don't know that would well i mean it's not the weirdest thing that's ever happened but yeah so i definitely saw this movie with my dad in a theater maybe for father's day i don't remember if this might have been like a father's day release which would make sense Mm. um but yeah, and we saw it at the landmark. I can't wait to be able to go out to the theater again to go be at the landmark, my favorite theater. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, yeah, love this movie, and I was happy to revisit it this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you guys? Where are you guys? We're in West LA. You're in West LA. Yeah. This place looks cute. Thank you. You guys live here to- together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little spot. 
Yeah, I like it here. It's, you know, we're convenient to three grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Oh, that's great. You can kind of keep mixing it up. Yeah, we only go to one of them right now, though, because it's the biggest one and it has a good selection. Yeah. We're trying to Since not go to the store. Since we're only going to the grocery store like every... We're Once trying every, to... like, I mean, like almost over two weeks now, I think. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But you guys are ordering in. A little bit. A like, little bit. Not a lot, though. We are running a little low. We are running but low. We're, we're, gonna, we're due for a visit we're, to the we're, store. Yeah, we're doing the thing where we like... We have this... I, I made this list the last time we went. Like... <laughs> Well, I've drawn We're doing a thing where we make a list of groceries we make a list that we need. And we go and get like the That's a thing you invented. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it yeah. feels like it, honestly, because like <laughs> before this, like I my idea cuz there's a grocery store, the not the one that we go to regularly now, but the the other one. Yeah. Uh that's right across the street. It's like, you know, a 2-minute walk. Yeah. So my way of going to the grocery store is like if i'm making something or just like i'm hungry or whatever it's like i go to the grocery store i'll get like two things yeah (laughs) and then leave and like that's the way that i'm used to grocery shopping and this is like completely kind of i mean when i was a kid like i would go with my parents to the grocery store and those would be like the big marathon like trips where we buy a lot of stuff but for me but i was never in charge of what we were getting so there was never any pressure And now I understand like why it's kind of stressful to like make a list and go to the store and find everything. And, and especially now, cause you're like, you just feel, you feel for the people at the, at the cashier, like, you know, cause I, like I worked at Target once and like anytime anyone brought a giant cart over, I was like, please no, don't come to my aisle. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, that's what, (laughs) that's what everyone is doing. They're buying like tons of stuff at once. Yeah. Cause that's what you should be doing. And Yeah. So it's 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 new new territory for me personally. Yeah. Also, like when I was a kid, like I would go grocery shopping with my dad, and the grocery list consisted of beer, diet coke, water, and ice. <laughs> was like the entire grocery list, and like we for like a disgusting cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pour it all into one. Yeah, yeah, King's Cup. We played King's Cup every Friday night. Yeah. Just father really daughter watery bonding. Beer. Watery yeah. diet coke beer. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. And it's cold because we got the ice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I didn't really like learn how to grocery shop until I was now. Until now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have been grocery shopping um, like before all this started. And I, it, mostly because I don't have a car. So I don't have a truck, a trunk, and I just don't have like mobility. So when I go food shopping, I have to like really make it count. And I go with a cart. I bought like a like a shopping cart mm-hmm. that it's pretty much old ladies. Oh, like and the Jared square ones like the, the rectangle cube. Yep. Yeah. The wow. tall. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, truly, I don't know anyone else who has them besides for old women and Jared Goldstein. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, I do have one and I use it for laundry and for grocery shopping. And I, I normally will buy a, a lot of food for like a week. Uh, and when we first started quarantining, uh, when there was a lot of sort of like fear around like food insecurity, mm-hmm. um, I because of the limitations on what we could buy, I was I actually started buying less than I was used to buying because mm. I wasn't allowed to take three or four eggs. I'd have to take two, and which was understandable, but also kind of frustrating because if the idea is to stay home, 
I'm now buying less food. I have to go out more. So like, yeah. I felt like yeah. it was like, well, I, I get why we're doing this, but it also is making me go to the store more than I would normally. So I'm glad that we're kind of finding new ways and better ways to... Also, like, when it first started, like, they would have... They, ran, they used to have, like, Purell wipes at the store or something, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. ran out of them. So they had, like, a bottle of, like, alcohol that they just left out there for people to spray down their carts. But then everyone is sharing the same bottle. Right. So it's yeah. like, you need a spray bottle for the spray bottle. And yeah. There were just so many moments of, like, uh, we're, we're, we'll get better at this. We'll get better at this. But we're not there yet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting to see, like, how what was seen as, like, normal has changed so quickly. Because, like, we, you know, we had a grocery trip where we were wearing masks and not a lot of other people were Mm -hmm. the next time we went to the grocery store everyone was wearing masks yeah so it's just it's it's crazy just like how quickly how quickly things have changed you know totally and the positive to the positive so bizarre is that like like you were saying like some of the stuff is is better stocked now than it used to be like because before I think the first time I went to the grocery store, I couldn't find any eggs, no dairy, no yogurt, nothing like that. And now you can at least use, there's limitations, but you can at least still usually buy eggs. It's usually stocked. Still no toilet paper or like cleaning stuff, but at least there's still eggs and milk and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else we saw change really quickly? Uh, Mason in Boyhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gradually, but sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you there, know, there we saw were, a whole a whole adolescence over over the course of two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah. Pretty quick. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um one of the things I really liked about this movie was the soundtrack. I like that it just opens up really hard on like yellow by Coldplay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then we, you know, kind of like follow that soundtrack through the years and towards yeah. the end we get like Arcade Fire ready to start, you know. Um, the soundtrack does a really good job of like guiding you through the the years, I think, in this movie. Yeah, I I, 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 I loved agree. all the, all the, I tried to like write down some of the, the song references and stuff like that. Like right after Yellow, they had uh, Hate to Say I Told You So. I don't know if you remember that song. Mm-mm. But there was that, that song and then they the britney spears singing and like it's just it's so many so many different songs and a lot of harry potter so much harry potter <laughs> yeah. in this movie yeah <laughs> i love it a lot yeah so we see at the beginning she um so this the story is about mason who's a little boy who has a sister named samantha a mom played by patricia arquette named olivia and his dad is kind of an absentee father played by ethan hawk who's mason senior and um so at the beginning we see that it's just uh, mason samantha and the mom living together and then um in the opening scene she like blows off her boyfriend or towards the beginning she blows off her boyfriend to stay home and she reads harry potter to the kids um and then later uh, mason watches them fight through the door and that's kind of the first time that we see that she like does she just she picks some some troubling men yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) For sure. But could you imagine, though, even just like hearing that now, I'm like, the pressure of having to pick a father is so insane. Like for your children? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like if my kids were ever to turn to me and be like, why did you pick dad? <laughs> I'd be like, 
that's that's what i had so i pay i don't know <laughs> yeah it it, 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 it it like makes me appreciate my parents in that way for being like damn you know they did what they could they did what they had to do and they did what they could and mm-hmm. it wasn't perfect but they did they did good they did good yeah definitely yeah yeah um i feel like that's kind of like a a a more maybe a more mature like way of thinking of this movie is like thinking about it in terms of your parents because i feel like when i first saw it i was probably just thinking in terms of myself you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and now it's like you think a little bit more about what your parents did and their kind of sacrifices and their decisions and how it's not always easy and stuff like that yeah yeah and one of the like one of the you know decisions that the mom has to make is that she uh says we're gonna move now because she's going she wants to finish college so she could get a better job to actually provide for them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so that takes them on their like on their first move and they move a a number of times in this movie all throughout texas yeah yeah that was one thing i forgot yeah yeah um yeah and when they're in houston this is the first time we actually get to see ethan hawk as their dad and so he mm-hmm. comes to visit them and he takes them out to do to a bowling alley um, where he has what I've starred as one of the most Ethan Hawke lines of the movie. Um, he says, life doesn't give you bumpers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes yeah. on this whole thing about, you know, how it's not, you know, you haven't earned anything if you have bumpers and, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was just very Ethan Hawke to be like philosophical with his very young children. About bowling. About bowling. Yeah. 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 Well, I the one of the lines that I really liked is when she's like, when uh, Patricia Arquette's like, "Oh, make sure they wear their seatbelts," and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, and he kind of mutters, "It's not like this car even has seatbelts." <laughs> yeah, but what I really liked about that line actually, though, is he says that, and then it, when we jump ahead to a later time, you see that he's installed seatbelts into oh, the car. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Wow. So That's there nice. is actually with him. I think he's one of the characters where you see the most character development. Yeah. Because he's like this, this you know, deadbeat, like never around kind of dad at the beginning, and then by the end, he's yeah. so responsible and like starting a new family, drives a minivan, goes yeah, to church. Again, that was another thing that first viewing, second viewing that I hadn't realized because the way I remember the movie is I just remember basically him showing up in the sports car and being like this hot shot and like not actually great dad, but he is. I mean, he's there as much as he can be uh he could probably be there more but he's there quite a lot yeah. like he's a consistent present throughout their presence throughout their childhood um so that was one thing that i that i had kind of forgotten about it's like he's a, you know he's, a, he's an all right dude he's not he's not like a total deadbeat or anything like that yeah i mean i think that we do miss the beginning years though where like he just like you know went to alaska yes. and wasn't around yes. for several yes. years yeah you know but but yeah but he makes up for lost time I think he does, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ethan Hawke also criticizes Bush in the Iraq War while they're at the bowling alley. And um, I just really like that because it's like, you know, even though they're in Texas, you know, he's still like, he's like an Austin, Texas kind of guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not like a <laughs> Republican. <laughs> um, just very Ethan Hawke. That's the kind of dude he is. Anyone but Bush. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so then we cut ahead to a later time where we see the mom is in uh, in class and and she talks to, with the professor at the end of the class and it's like, oh, 
they're together yeah and then it's like oh they got married and then it's yeah. you know you just know it can't be good because she's married this guy you know like something bad has to happen yeah stressful everything with the mom is so stressful i mean being oh, a totally being a woman is stressful being a mother is stressful and like just being her in particular seems just very stressful mm-hmm so yeah, so then uh, as yeah as as that marriage goes on, so he has two kids that are like the same right. age as them, which I think is kind of neat. I don't know. I feel like that's like so Brady, you know, the Brady Bunch fantasy mm-hmm. is like if you have to, if you have to, you know, get a stepdad, at least you get siblings out of it, and, you know. Yeah, and then it ends so tragically because you never see them again. You never see them again. Yeah, yeah that was that was horrible. Mm. So yeah, so the stepdad has like a temper and a drinking problem, and that yeah. really like escalates. They're part of this family for like a, years, a while. Yeah. Like it feels like you know yeah. six or seven years maybe, yeah. and then you know by the end of it, he's just become so abusive towards the wife and the kids um, that she leaves and takes her kids but that's just the two of them and the other two are left with with the husband yeah and then and then i think um the sister asks like are we ever going to see them again or something and she says oh maybe we we can write to them or whatever but it just it doesn't it doesn't seem to ever happen yeah just yeah that was so intense yeah that like that that dinner scene i thought was like the most one of the most tense scenes in this the most tense scene in this movie when yeah he, like throws the cup and all that stuff mm-hmm. Oof, I thought yeah whoever, whoever they did that... a great job of really like introducing that slowly of like you meet yeah. this guy he seems really great <laughs> and then just like wait 25 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like fuck and then it escalated so much and then i really really felt so uncomfortable and there as as it came to like actually leaving the house eek yeah i i don't know who that actor is but i thought he did a i think he did a really impressive yeah, he job was great. of that character yeah yeah it was it was like he was he was definitely like you know it, it was very acted but kind of felt real as well you know mm-hmm. yeah um oh yeah one of the things that the dad does like other than the actual like physical abuse is also he makes mason get a buzz cut which i thought that this scene was actually like really traumatic mm-hmm. where oh cause, yeah yeah because he has this like long beautiful hair he just likes it long you know like it's his hair and he should have it however he wants and then the stepdad like takes him to the barber shop and makes him get a full-on buzz cut yeah and just like his face while that happens and then also the next day he like wants to stay homesick from school because he's just so like embarrassed yeah it's that was that was horrible to watch i thought yeah i shaved my head when i was a kid but i really wanted to Mm -hmm. and it was a fun thing yeah Uh, i could i can't imagine if somebody made me shape that's all oh my god being a kid fucking sucks like the closest thing i have to that experience which is not very um when i was in high school i wanted to dye my hair blue black like Mm -hmm. violet incredible from the incredibles very Mm -hmm. cool yeah like obsessed with her and i was like oh that's what i want and i knew what you had to do you had to bleach your hair first all the way Mm -hmm. to like white and then you dye it this specific type of black it's like not a brown black it's a blue black 
because your hair is so light, the blue comes through. Mm-hmm. But it is black, but it looks blue, and it's like this fun thing. And I told my mom, who my mom, d- d- who does, who did studied hair. She went to beauty school. She does nails, but she did not follow through with hair because she bleached a woman's. No, she she permed a woman's hair who had just bleached it, and it fell out. Oh no! And she didn't know that was going to happen. And my mom's in school. She's giving this woman a perm. Next thing she knows, the curlers are coming out in her hands. With oh all this gosh. woman's hair in her hands. She turns to her neighbor. She hands them the rollers. Runs out of the building. Never looked back. Never went back. Oh, my and gosh. Like, wow. I'm not going to do hair. I just made a person bald. It wasn't her fault because she was in school. And it's, it's really her supervisor's fault yeah. who signed off on it. But she was, that was enough for her to be like, I'm never doing hair. I don't want to play with these like chemicals. This is too much. I'll just do nails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I said, Can I, I want to bleach my hair, she was just like, no. You're not bleaching your hair. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, I know what we'll do. Um, meanwhile, even if all my hair fell out, I had like three inches of hair. Like, it's like not a big deal. But um, I was like, okay, let's, she goes, this is what we'll do. We're not going to bleach it. I'm gonna, we're going to dye it black, but we're going to add blue intensifier to the dye. And I said, okay. And we dyed my hair. It was glowing blue for 48 <laughs> hours. And then it was jet black. <laughs> and I was so pissed. I was like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh, oh mom. Um, yeah, just nonsense. Uh, and that is the, as close an experience I have to being made to shave my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I had lice a lot when I was a kid. Like I don't know why. It just like happened to me like five or six times. It was a lot. Oh my god. Yeah. And you Whoa. know, when that happens, like you have to like wash everything in your house. You know, it all has to go out before it can come back in. You have to like comb all of the lice out of your hair and so most parents what they do because they're like this is you know this is a lot they just like cut their kids hair when this happens but i was like so vehement i was like you can't cut my hair because i had like really long luscious hair when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and i was like you cannot cut this like please don't do this to me so my mom (laughs) like very she was just very nice about it and she like combed all the way through all of my like 50 million pounds of hair you know and she she didn't make me cut it any any of the several times that this happened wow yeah she's too nice i yeah i don't know that i would be so nice to my kid (laughs) all of my all of my hair experiences were i i have dyed my hair and that was that was that was fine um Mm -hmm. and yeah i did the thing where like bleached it first and uh it hurts Mm-hmm. it's things but it was it was fun it was a fun experience and i've also yeah i shaved my head like what a couple years ago or yeah yeah on a scale of one to ten how bad would you say it stings i guess it probably depends on like what your threshold for discomfort is uh-huh, for you though. <laughs> for me it was for you was, like 10 being unbearable pain you're gonna pass out it was no it was definitely not unbearable it was like a I don't know, like a five or something. It wasn't. It was like definitely. A five. Yeah, it wasn't like terrible, but it was. It was definitely unpleasant. Like you feel like it's like stinging. It feels like it's like really hot on your head. Mm-hmm. And it's your whole head. That's it's probably that's yeah. Because yeah, it's exactly stressful. you have to because we yeah we did the entire thing. So so that was that yeah. was part of it is that you it just feels like it's stinging on top of your head. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah, that would be stressful. I don't yeah. know if I'd like that. Like, I like, like getting tattooed. It's not tattooed, just one spot. But... It's your whole yeah. cranium. Also, a friend of mine was doing it, and she was, like, not a professional. So she did a good job, but yeah. she... Um... <laughs> but we never spoke again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, um, but I, it might it might have been a slightly different experience if it was, like, done professionally. Or not. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? No, I think it just hurts. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hurts. No matter what, it hurts. But Did you see that episode of America's Next Top Model? No. no. Oh, maybe. Was it, like, an early cycle? Yeah. It was, like, cycle two, maybe, three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, ooh, gave me the willies. Yeah, she was like shivering every time they did like a hair episode. Like you know, one of the, in the Horrible. early episodes, they do a hair episode. Like always, the be- girl with the beautiful long hair. You're getting a pixie cut. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and it was that was that was so fucked up. And I know she recently apologized um, for because a lot of it was pretty problematic. She did they did like a biracial themed photo shoot and they painted everyone's skin oh jeez! they had a um a woman whose best friend had just died she like left set to like go to the funeral came back and the challenge was a um was like a graveyard challenge and they made her get in a coffin oh no after her after she just buried her best friend um but um but also so fucked up was the was the hair makeover episodes because it was like it was so clearly just for it wasn't for their future as models. It mm-hmm. was for the show's present ratings. And they were fucking with these people and it was fucking evil. And then they have Tyra Banks going like, Do you really want this? Do you really want to be a model? <laughs> well then let us fuck your shit up and make you look terrible. And it's like, Oh no. That's not cool. Like and also like you can't make a model. That's like the whole thing about modeling. It's like you're kind of just born like that. And it's mm-hmm. the whole show was just fucking trash, man. Yeah, I, I watched it back in the day, like at the towards the beginning, but I stopped watching it and I've never really gone back to it. I know they did it they brought it back with like uh, guy and girl models, right? Yeah. 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 So I watched maybe like four seasons of it like but when it was like a new show mm-hmm. and that's it same yeah yeah oh what a time for television we've really come a long way <laughs> yeah well and that was uh, that was also the same time as as the boyhood timeline yeah it was, was yeah like it would have been early reality competition series like 2002 2003 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely i think samantha would have been watching it in her room or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 well bringing it all back to ethan hawk i really enjoyed like how many like crossover references there were to other ethan hawk movies in this movie (laughs) so like because you know we've just been we've spent the last year of our lives watching all of his filmography in chronological order so yeah so we've watched this is our you're sort of boyhooding his career we are that's true yeah Yeah, so watching yeah watching this movie felt a lot like a condensed version of what we've done over the last year Mm -hmm. and Mm. um it was interesting how like throughout like you could kind of there were like all of these references to things that he had also done like throughout the years so there's a reference to he says I mean, and it's not like a direct reference, but they're, you know, connections. So he says, what makes you think that elves are any more magical than, say, a whale? And he did Moby Dick, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, you know, couldn't help but think about that. 
Um, he also references a Shelby Cobra, the car, right, yeah. which is the car in Getaway. Yeah. <laughs> which just, is the movie just before this one, right? Yeah. 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 We just watched that. That was a fun movie with Selena Gomez. <laughs> Such a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was funny. It's very like a very specific car reference from the movie that was also in the movie before. I don't know how often car people bring up shelby cobra i don't know anything about cars but, i don't either but it seems specific enough that it's kind of a funny um because i imagine that it is a coincidence because this was filmed over so many years that mm-hmm. you know yeah and then um one more he also sings this song so when he brings the kids back one time they're visiting him they like go to a butterfly preserve and they play tag and they go see an Astros game then he brings them back to their place and he sings this song for them he and his roommate perform this song and on the soundtrack to boyhood it's called daddy's lullaby but it's actually the same song with different lyrics as the song that Ethan Hawke himself wrote um a long time ago called Chelsea lullaby uh which he had written for his kids when he when in real life ethan hawk and his real kids were living in the chelsea hotel in around 2002 wow. so yeah so he wrote this song for his kids and then adapted it i think for boyhood wow, so that it that. yeah so that it worked more for the story mm-hmm. so yeah it's the same song <laughs> so that was fun yeah and so and he he performed that song in the movie um chelsea on the rocks which is a documentary about the chelsea hotel Mm. so lots of lots of ethan hawk connections yeah in this yeah. one movie yeah, sure. yeah um yeah so then later ethan hawk has mason and samantha sorry mason senior has mason and samantha putting out obama mm-hmm. signs um in people's lawns just yeah. like another fun <sighs> reminder of his politics um <laughs> and then also and then they go to a bowling alley again this time we don't see them bowling but it's like clearly like the you know restaurant area at a bowling alley where they are when they're putting out the signs, the there's a couple of funny people that they talk to. There's the one guy who has like the Confederate flag in his lawn. He's like, "Do I look like I'm gonna vote for Barack Hussein Obama?" <laughs> and then there's the other lady who <laughs> is like, oh, I, "I just had a dream that I was like kissing Obama." <laughs> yeah, and she's like, like "I made little T-shirts to my kids that say Mama for Obama." <laughs> yeah, oh, that was so cute. <laughs> it's very funny. 2008. It really was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then, then at that or at that same like right after that scene, they uh, I think like a punk starts playing by oh, Vampire yeah. Weekend. Mm-hmm. So just like to remind you just how 2008 this yeah. this this is this moment was, and they also reference Tropic Thunder. Oh he's yeah, he's like he's like talking about the girl that he's talking to, and he's, he's like, like she doesn't even like the three best movies of the <laughs> summer. <laughs> yeah, Tropic Thunder, Dark Knight, and Pineapple Express, which again takes me all the way back. Yeah, it was just a very specific time, and there are just so many like ways that they ha- use cultural touchstones to, yeah, to evoke the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, a fun conversation that they have during that camping scene where he talks about those movies. Yeah, um, they talk a little bit about Star Wars and if there's going to be a future Star Wars movie, which is just so fun because yeah. there were you know several future Star Wars movies. Um, and the one line in particular, he says, you can't turn Han Solo into a Sith Lord. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah. You can't, but you can turn his son into a Sith Lord. Yeah. Well, yeah. he says, he says you can, but he says it in like a joking way. No, he says, oh. he says you can. Yeah. Like, oh. wh- he's like, what are you going to do? You can turn Han Solo into a Sith Lord. But he says it as a joke. Mm, okay. If you say so. Well, well, we'll just have to rewatch roll, the whole roll thing. back the tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, uh, 
the mom gets another bad husband after yeah. this uh that's a bummer because he seems like pretty cool at the beginning you know he's like a, he's one of her like college students um he seems pretty like open-minded but then he becomes a corrections officer and he starts drinking all the time and uh he's not as cool as open open-minded as we thought yeah it's just a real bummer there's this one scene where mason comes out and he like he has his nails painted oh yeah and uh and yeah, the, so the new the new stepdad is just really on him in a real heteronormative way. Yeah. Yeah. And his 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 sister really steps up for him. He's she's just like, oh, he's just trying to be cool. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, because there are hardly any scenes where you see like Mason and Samantha actually be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so that was that was nice to see. Well, they spent. I mean, they spent. It's they spent a lot of time together. They. I mean, they're just siblings. I don't mean it like they're like mean to each other. They're just yeah. not really like nice to each other. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that, that, as someone who has like a closely aged sibling, who I spent a lot of time with, like I definitely recognize that. Like you're not gonna like say nice things about each other, but you know, you spend a lot of time together and talk shit, and that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Jared, do you have any siblings? I have uh, a similar sibling situation. I have an older, like a slightly older sister who um, is, who was just awful. (laughs) 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 She's great now. We're great. But as kids, (laughs) oh my God, fuck. Yeah, I think my sister and I, we were fine as kids. And then I think we got a little bit like once we became preteens, we got a little testy sometimes mm-hmm. and then that sort of worked itself out later on um so yeah 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 i'm an only child i have nothing to contribute here <laughs> 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 um yeah yeah i just like i wanted my sister was so popular and i was not and i just wanted her to like me so much and she never <laughs> did and she and my mom would fight all the time. I would wake up in high school. I'd wake up every morning to the smell of burning hair, for one thing, because she would be yeah. ironing her hair. That was like such an epidemic in high school. <laughs> just like just split ends like you couldn't believe on these girls. Uh, like the end of a broom. Their hair would look mm-hmm. like the end of a broom, you know? Because yeah. straight hair was like was was popular. Yeah. So it was oof, um, just wild. And my sister, she would sit in the car, and she would her hair was pinned straight, fried, and she would just break the ends off of her hair. Oh my just gosh. like oh my god, like just truly like some science horror. Um, but I would wake up every morning to the smell of burning hair and the sound of screaming from my mother, like just my mom and my sister. Never not at war, just hell on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Just so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I think that if you have like siblings, whatever kind, it's just especially if they're close in age, like whatever, however you, whatever kind of relationship you had with them, I think there's something that you can probably see in yourself in uh, in Mason and Samantha. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure for the most part like unless you know on 
unless it's like extremely abusive or extremely nice. Yeah. But anywhere in the middle, there's probably some kind of ground there. Yeah. So, um, Mason, Mason gets a girlfriend, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. A new, a new milestone in his life because that's mm. all we're seeing is milestones throughout his life. It's true. Um, yeah. So her name is Sheena and she looks like a young Erica Christensen. Really cute. Um, yeah. And then they start dating and then they go on a trip to visit UT Austin because they're looking at colleges because he's a junior and she's a senior. And um, they visit Samantha and they stay out all night and it's real cute and they watch the sunrise and then they go to Samantha's room where we don't see them have sex, but presumably it happens. And then her roommate walks in and uh, that's fun. And I couldn't tell. Like, did you think they were in the roommate's bed because they didn't want to be in Samantha's bed? Like, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. that's what I like. was thinking. Yeah. Because, mm. yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Which is really awkward. Which is really, yeah, extra, yeah. extra awkward. Yeah. <laughs> One of the earlier uh, moments when they're at the bowling alley with Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. And he's and Samantha says, or he makes some reference to her, like that she might have a boyfriend because he was on her Facebook or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good line. And then she, he starts talking about like contraceptives and stuff like that. Uh huh. And just that conversation was so was just so like, you know, cringy slash adorable. You know. Yeah. No, I liked that a lot. I don't know. I never like got like a the the straight like talk from my parents. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like in movies and TV shows when it actually does happen, I'm like, it's cool. Yeah. 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 Like I. Yeah. I feel the same way. I never got to talk either. Yeah. I mean, it's just because like I watch like R rated movies from a very early age. So my parents, I think we're just like, oh, she knows what sex is. It's fine. Um, You know, but no. And then (laughs) when I like the only thing that really happened was like I came out as bisexual to my mom and then she's like, that's fine. Just be safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like the whole conversation. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so that was kind of the extent of of the talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did, didn't really. I, honestly, either. hooking up with girls seems way safer than hooking up with guys yeah. as a young girl. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's true. In the interest of safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, and there was one line in that scene that I, re- I starred as a most Ethan Hawke line nominee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I learn more about her from her Facebook page than I do from our conversations. <laughs> He's just such a like dad <laughs> that doesn't believe in technology. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like her her like kind of acting in the scene was really kind of like, I don't know, I just enjoyed it. Like she, she looked like she was like, you know, embarrassed, but yeah. also like laughing about it and all that stuff. It just felt, it felt real. I feel like she, she, you know, I mean, this is, this is also about her growing up. You totally. know, she's very much uh, an important part of the story. And that's another thing that, that again, I had kind of like not thought about as much the first time I saw it, or at least thinking back on it, um, that how much, how important she is to the it's mostly in the first half in the second half maybe it kind of they kind of separate a little bit mm-hmm. but in the first half especially it's very much them together most of the time mm-hmm. i had something to say but i completely lost it something about That's her for right. sure oh yeah i was wondering um like i you know i couldn't really find anything with her talking about it but i was wondering if there was like a point where maybe they like lost interest a little bit in doing it because i mean um lr coltrane said that he you know he just felt like it was something that he always did 
you know, because he had mm-hmm. done it his whole life. When he, you know, when the movie finally came out, they were that he was asked like, you know, how did you feel about doing this your whole life? I was like, I, he said, I didn't really feel like I was acting. I just felt like this was like what I did, you know. Right. And but I just wonder with her. I mean, especially because she's Richard Linklater's daughter. You yeah. know, like did she just feel like she it was something she had to do? Was she always, you know? excited about doing it because there were some times where i think from her like from her more than from ellar coltrane i felt that it was a little like i don't know Mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if she was like playing an aloof teenager if she was an aloof teenager who had to play in this movie you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i don't know i don't know yeah the the it does kind of the she does kind of tail off a little bit near the second half of the movie that she's less present throughout Mm -hmm. the second half I also felt I, I also felt the second half was not as strong as the first half. Yeah. I found him a little bit annoying at times <laughs> as a young man. Um his kind of just like rambling musings. Um I mean he was like a young Ethan Hawke though. Like he, he yeah, really I know, grew into I know, a young I know, Ethan Hawke. I know. But it, it 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 maybe wore on me a little bit, um, after a while. <laughs> Especially because like we had been with him for so long yeah you know and now he's kind of turning into this adult who says stuff like we're not really present or whatever yeah we're all there we uh, we're all becoming the robots ourselves but yeah exactly stuff like that it's like all right well like i i i I can identify with that i recognize that like i've been there you know i was i was very much a moody teenager (laughs) yeah um with hair that was too long but um but yeah, I just I didn't. I I started to to he graded on me a little bit near mm-hmm. the end. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like at the end was when Patricia Arquette really shined, shone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever that word is. Um, the past tense of shine. Um, yeah, Bad. she. <laughs> she yeah. There's a scene where Mason's moving out and going to college, and she starts crying, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And she like starts talking about you know life is just all these milestones, and she goes on and on. She's like, "You know what's next? My fucking funeral." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's just kind of like. Okay, yeah later. and then she's like i just thought there would be more which is just so like rough yeah when she says that yeah. I, I thought that was Very. that was great from her i thought she did a great job yeah yeah yeah, yeah and then hero by family of the year plays and then mason drives to college yeah uh, where he takes an edible and goes hiking with some new friends yeah um yeah college (laughs) yeah and i just thought that it was kind of interesting that like the 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 last like big line of the movie wasn't from any of the main characters yeah it was from nicole this girl that we just met yeah where she says you know how everyone always says seize the moment i think it's the other way around the moment seizes you and then he just says something like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, that part was like insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it also like, it's is cool that- when you are in that place. But then once you're out of it, I feel like there is like a, like a window closes. And I, in that moment, I felt old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Up. Get, 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 get a job or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like because we meet her five minutes before and then she... It's like having this bonding moment with him and it's kind of like 
I feel you kind of. I feel like you kind of wish. You know, he's like leaving the nest. He's becoming yeah. his own person. So I get why he has to be kind of separated from the other characters now. But you do kind of like want the. I kind of felt like that. I wanted the closing moments to be like, I don't know about family or whatever, because it's mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know how how you would do that really, but it. But yeah, it's just that this character like we we don't really have any reason to know or care who she is. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the the on the other hand though, what this movie does is kind of like the opposite of before the before series, you know, where the before series, like they left off on something and it was only one day and we're like, Oh, but what happened? And then they gave us what happened. You know, they came, they checked back in nine years later and then another Mm -hmm. nine years later and they gave us that. But like then on the flip side with boyhood, what we get is this is it. Like this is life. It will go on, but this is what you're seeing of this person's life, you know, and it just, it's going to end here. Right. Right. So, I don't know. Richard Linklater, you know, he just does he does these movies about the time and the, and the feelings and the passage yes. of time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give it up. Yeah, we we stand we stand a Linklater film around here. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, generally great reviews of this movie when I looked them up. You know. Uh, New York Times said something nice, but then I was out of my New York Times articles, so I couldn't read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it, Rolling Stone, Peter Travers said, Hawk excels as a mostly absentee dad, while Arquette brings a poignant urgency to a mother hobbled by her neck for bringing home the wrong men, which I thought was, you know, true. They're both great in it. Love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did find a couple of interviews with Ethan Hawke. One was actually um, from Entertainment Weekly. Ethan Hawke interviewed L.R. Coltrane. Mm. Um, and so yeah, this is the time when L.R. Coltrane was saying, like, uh, I didn't think I was working on a film project. It was just something I was doing. And then Ethan Hawke responded to him and he said, but you were you did think about it. You were very young and you were always extremely opinionated about books, mo- uh, movies, music. Uh, you started to remind me of my friend River Phoenix. He was a really interesting person. Wow. Yeah, which is like from Ethan Hawke. That's really high praise. He loved River Phoenix so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also in an interview with NPR, Hawk Ethan Hawke said, um, "While we were making Boyhood during that time period, I co-wrote two movies with Rick. I acted in I think four others." So this movie is an extension of a kind of ethos that we've been working on since we met on Before Sunrise. So I got to kind of ride shotgun on the whole deal. I think it's just the nature of our relationship, which I thought mm. was an interesting note about their, their working relationship. We, uh, by the way, we also forgot, we forgot to mention Fast Food Nation. That's another one of the yes. movies. Yes. So is that so seven? That's seven, yeah. Wow. It's a lot. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? Sure, yeah. Um, Jared, this is where we do a hawk fact. Um, would you like okay. to try doing a hawk noise? <laughs> sure. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was very nice. good. I love that. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there's more of like a scream that happens with a hawk. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's a, it's a, but that's what you got. A screech kind of thing, like a ee, but I can't really do it. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. Um, 
no but you did a wonderful job i love i always love hearing how people do the hawk noises everyone brings something different to the table every week it's true that's true um unlike my hawk facts which are uh (laughs) the same every week no jonathan does lots of wonderful research about hawks and always ties it back to the movies he does a great job well now you're just setting me up for failure um (laughs) no i was i i I wanted to look at uh hawk adolescence Uh and hawks growing and also hawk siblings Uh um i've talked a little bit about like hawks and you know they're in their juvenile stage um but little refresher uh they remain in the nest for 44 to 48 days before fledging or learning to fly Hatchling grows very hatchlings grow very slowly and require a lot of food and both parents share the hunting required to keep the new uh, to help the new babies grow during the last 10 days before fledging the hatchlings are nearly as large as adult birds and spend time flopping their wings and balancing on balancing on the edge of the nest waiting to fly into the air um, that's uh, sciencing.com um, and it, there's, uh, from All About Birds, they, they had this thing where they had like a little hawk camera where they had like a bunch of, a few different hawk, uh, basically having a camera and watching the eggs hatch and uh-huh. watching the little babies grow. And so there, there was like a sort of Q and A about it. And one of the questions was, um, it was about sibling aggression. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the, uh the birds will kind of fight each other uh it's natural it says the this is natural well-documented behavior for nestlings of some bird species including red-tailed hawks to sort of pick on each other uh in some cases the aggression may be a way for the birds to tussle and hone their skills such as when as kitten kittens or puppies in a litter tumble about and fight in other cases especially when food is scarce aggression may result from competition for food so if the hawks are well fed they're gonna fight a little bit, but it'll probably be fine. But if it's it's if it's a more serious situation in terms of food, they they might not all make it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. um. So, yeah, siblings can fight a little bit. Um, but it's kind of kind of how it goes. But they they uh. There's another thing about. Parents provide food for the first three weeks after fledgling and may help supplement their youngster's diet for eight weeks or more while the young learn to hunt on their own. So the parents are kind of, they're, they're, they're there for their, you know, for their kids. Mm-hmm. Look after them. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me, a friend of the pod, a former guest, Kaylee Corbett, mm-hmm. she, um, her mom was really into watching those video, like this video, this live stream of like a mom, like it might've been a hawk or a bird that's similar to a hawk uh-huh. and with like hatching, hatching wow. babies. It might've been an eagle. I can't remember. Kaylee text me when you hear this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so That's I, funny. so her mom would always send her updates and then Kaylee would give me updates mm-hmm. about the, the status of the hawk babies or eagle babies, whatever it is. That's um, funny. the bird babies. Um, but yeah, so, well, great hawk fact, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you. I do have to hop off. It's okay. time for this hawk to feed. <laughs> Okay, um, real quick before you go, um, mm-hmm. can you tell the people where they can find you and something you've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk? Oh, sure. 
Um, you can find me at Hey Jared Hey on everything. Um, she even has a TikTok now. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, and something I've been enjoying is uh, the show Baskets. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great show on FX. I've been watching it on Hulu. Is it Zach um, Galifianakis? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Zach Galifianakis and Martha Kelly and Louis Anderson playing Zach Galifianakis's mother. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. good. It's so, yeah, so, so good. good. Yeah. Cool. Um. Well, I've been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About. And something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke this week is, oh, um, I just watched all three seasons of Marvel's Runaways in about a week. Mm-hmm. Great show. I loved it a lot. I'm really upset that it didn't get picked up for a fourth season. It's like technically done, I guess the story is over mm-hmm. but they left it on the, they left it in a way that it could have kept going and i wish that it had kept going but yeah. you know i mean like all production is kind of at a halt right now anyway so yeah um so it wouldn't have happened for a long time and then by then who knows maybe no one's interested it's fine i'm fine um yeah check out marvel's runways on hulu jonathan where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying cool well, you can find me on instagram and letterbox at john's uh j-o-n-z-a-v-a-l-e-t-a yeah that's exactly (laughs) correct a thing i've been enjoying uh that's a great question um i've been enjoying well you know a thing i didn't get around i didn't read the full thing yet and i'm going to but the gq profile oh robert pattinson robert pattinson yeah some choice quotes in there i'd love we should do a robert pattinson podcast that would be fun um i'm gonna hold you to that Oh gosh. You're going to regret saying that. Oh gosh. Um, and he says some insane shit about how he likes to make pasta. So I'm definitely going to go and read that. He like microwaves it and then adds sugar to caramelize it or something. It's absolutely bonkers. Sounds uh, disturbed in the best possible way. Yeah. I've watched so many people on Instagram like recreate the, the recipe. Mm hmm. I'm so addicted to it. It's so fun. Shout out to Olivia Craighead, Denmia Dejuibe, and uh, Carmen, Akio Carmen. I don't remember her real name, but mm-hmm. they all did it, and it was very fun to watch. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been enjoying. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, it was yeah, nice meeting you. Yeah, thanks for joining yeah. us. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and tune in next week for another Hawkeyes. Kaka!